Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. You know, uh, home ownership, it's, it's an incredible privilege, but nothing quite prepares you for the amount of constant repairs and maintenance that are required. I mean, it seems like something always needs to be fixed. And, and recently, our dishwasher started acting up. Now, if you have four kids, that problem starts to pile up real, real fast. So Julie wasn't happy, therefore I'm not happy, right? The problem was I didn't know how to fix it. You know, I, I consider myself fairly, fairly handy, but I don't know anything about dishwashers. So, you know, the thought of having to call a repair person, one, you got to pay that bill. Two, you got to schedule them and figure out when they can actually come to your house. Like, I just got frustrated. Like, oh, if only I knew how to do this. So I did what I do every time when I run into a home maintenance issue that I don't know. I go to YouTube, right? See, that's what you have to do. I, I, I jump, I'm like, surely there's somebody there who's had the same problem I have, and maybe, just maybe, they can show me how to fix it. So I jump on YouTube, and sure enough, within a matter of minutes, I find somebody, same dishwasher, same problem. They talk to me, all the steps. Do this, do this, do this. Show me how to fix it. Boom. Happy wife. Happy life, let me tell you. <laughs> Helpful. See, I needed to learn something, so I went where I could learn it. I went to YouTube. You know, and, and speaking of YouTube, recently I was deeply inspired by the story of a man named Rob Kenny. Now, Rob's father actually abandoned him when he was just 14 years old. So he grew up without a father uh, to kind of help explain how to do some just natural everyday things that a father would normally teach him. So he uh, later went on, he got married, he had kids of his own, uh, and after they had kind of grown and moved on, he said, you know what, I want to give back. And so he wanted to give back uh, specifically to those who had experienced the same thing he had, who life without a father without having to show someone to show them how to do these practical kind of everyday things. And he started a YouTube channel called Dad, How Do I? That's what he called his YouTube channel. And on this channel, he dedicated that to giving what he calls practical dad advice for everyday tasks. I'm a dad, so I got to stop and just acknowledge that that's a pretty great dad pun right there. So dad advice, we're going to use that one a little bit today, but that was well done. Now see, on this channel, which by the way has like 3 million subscribers now, he shares practical tips on a wide range of topics from uh, tying a tie to using tools to uh, changing you know, your, your car tires, whatever. But he also takes a moment to give like practical wisdom from the perspective of a father to those who've never had it. See, now, have you ever experienced not out, knowing how to do something? When you, when you can't figure something out, it can be really disempowering. You know, I, I hate when I can't figure something out, when I don't know how to solve or fix the problem. I, I, I get frustrated. I, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't try hard enough. Maybe I just need to do a better job of, of learning, or I beat myself up, and I compare it to somebody else who would know how to do it and do it better. You know, and as we've been learning over these last few weeks and talking about this journey of discovering that we're called to be naturally supernatural disciples, you know, some of us may be experiencing that same thing. I, hopefully, you were, you were challenged and you were inspired, but some of you might also feel like kind of inadequate to the task. Like, how do I do this 
as part of my life. And so you're asking the question, God or dad, how do I live a naturally supernatural life? Dad, how do I experience and extend an encounter with you? See, what we need is some really good dad advice, right? See, our, our, the, our, our lives are filled with natural patterns and rhythms, so it's actually really easy to kind of see how the natural part of our life plays out, but it can feel, you know, scary or impossible or sometimes just plain weird to think about the supernatural breaking through kind of into our everyday life. See, when we, we don't know how to do something, God actually loves to teach us. And today I want to share some, some real-life stories of people who are learning how to with our Heavenly Father. They're going to become our Dadvice YouTube videos that we get to learn and hear from. See, God wants to equip and empower us so we can actually do the stuff that he's called us to do. So we can dive deeper today into this question of God or dad, how do I live a naturally supernatural life? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you want to teach us, you want to show us, you want to be here today to be our teacher. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we begin to answer this question of, Dad, how do I? Let's look back at some of the things that we've been learning. Now, I mentioned that uh, already that we're talking about this idea that we're called to be naturally supernatural uh, people. And that means we're normal people who bring God's presence and problem-solving skills wherever we happen to go. See, we, and we believe that God is calling us to a, a lifestyle of everyday encounter. And, and those encounters can be ordinary or they can be extraordinary. But what they do is they bring us face-to-face with God. Now, those encounters, again, we're asking not for once in a while, but encounters that are happening every day and in our every day. And, and we don't just encourage this because it sounds good or because it, it, it's a good way to push us forward. This is what Jesus lived. Jesus actually commands us to live like this. His whole life was one of supernatural encounter wherever he went. In fact, in John 14, 12, he he tells us what we're supposed to do. And I want to read that. Uh, We've read this before in this series, but I want to read it again. John 14, 12 says this. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So all those crazy things that we hear about Jesus doing, like healing the sick and raising the dead and setting the captives free, like all those things are the things we get to participate and give away as part of our everyday life. See, our life should look like Jesus' life. He was our example. And then the framework for understanding how we live this way every day is lived out through the three-in-one gospel that we've been talking about. Now, see, in order to learn how to do something, we need the proper steps from beginning to end. See, I needed those instructions to to fix that dishwasher. I needed to know how to start and how to get to the end. And so we've been unpacking God's roadmap to encounter or our step-by-step instructions for the inbreaking of his kingdom in the three-in-one or triune gospel. Now, Putty gave us a great message on this. And, you know, Putty's brilliant, right? He's always got, like, these graphs and these slides and these pictures. And, like, he took us on this whole journey and, like, these illustrations. And it was moving. Were you here? You saw, if you were here, you know what I'm talking about. If not, it might be easier just to show you. So uh, let's just show you. It might just be easier to just do it. Just play that clip that we have. You know, I think you'll get the picture of kind of what we saw.
Putty knew that was coming, but I had to take my shot. It was, it was too good. See, now if you were here, you know, like you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you didn't and you weren't here, now you got to go back and listen to the message and see what I'm talking about. Because that wasn't the real message, but it was awfully close. Putty, thank you, man. I love you. You did a great job with that. Thank you for letting me inject some humor. All right. You know, all jokes aside, you know, this three-in-one gospel is so important. Now, now, what this comes from is this connection of, of, of the persons, all the three persons of the Trinity. Remember, that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those are the three aspects of God that we understand. And we connect those to relationship, identity, and destiny. And for us, we understand that in this framework, the way we've been talking about it over the last few weeks is this understanding that those are looked at as belong, be, do. And so uh, as, we, as we understand this, we know that we belong through relationship with our father, relationship with our dad, right? We are, who we are called to be is understood through our identity in Jesus. And what we are called to do is live out our destiny empowered by the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of our framework for understanding that. That's what that three-in-one gospel, that's how we've been, been kind of talking about it. But we can say, but there's still a lot to learn. I'm just really not sure. So you know, as I was thinking about this problem, God just reminded me, how did I learn when I was a kid? So I, I, the thing I would do is I joined my dad in doing the things that he was already doing around the house or outside. See, he was willing to teach me if I was willing to learn and do it with him. And the great thing was when I learned from my dad, I didn't have to worry about whether I could actually do it or not because he was doing it with me. I could trust he'd be there to help me with anything that went way over my head and was more than I could handle. Now, he didn't make me as a kid build a whole shed, but he did let me nail some of the boards. See, he didn't give me a, a power tool when I actually needed to learn how to use a screwdriver. See, he taught me what I needed to learn when I needed to learn it. It was important. And see, the thing is, we get to do the very same thing with our Heavenly Father. Because if we're willing to learn, God's willing to teach. But we have to be willing. And sometimes it's hard for us to be willing. It takes effort. It takes our time. And we just want to skip through the instructions to fix that dishwasher when it's already done, right? But we don't want to go through the steps to actually get there. And that can be hard. See, I didn't grow up actually knowing how to partner with the Holy Spirit in the supernatural either. So for the first 25 or 20 years of my life, uh, it wasn't really talked about in the Mennonite faith that I grew up in. So I've spent the next 20 years watching and learning and finding people who did know how to do it because I needed some dad advice on how to make that happen. You know, example of this, you know, one aspect of living the naturally supernatural life, it's not the only aspect, but one is this idea that we get to pray for healing. So I didn't know how to pray for healing. I didn't know what to do. And so what, what happened was I, I got frustrated. And so I actually got frustrated with God. Was, God, why didn't you just make it happen? So like when I pray, it just happens, and then we'd be done. So I got frustrated. I just didn't do it. But then one day God really challenged me, and he said, if you want to do this, you're going to have to get around people that know how to do what it is you're trying to get to. So that's what I did. I watched the Father work in partnership with other people who knew how to pray for healing. See, they became my own personal dad vice YouTube videos in real life that I could watch and see. see. This is partly why we have the church. See, we get to do this together because we get to watch God work in partnership with his people. It's a beautiful thing. 
And it's great because God actually wants to teach us. And I don't just say that because I want you to be encouraged in that. This is what God tells us. In fact, I'm going to go back to John 14. This is why I'm going to read verses 12 through 14. We read just verse 12, but I want to read these next uh, couple of verses because it actually illustrates this really well. This is John 14, 12 to, to 14. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now listen here. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. God wants to teach us, right? He wants us to, to do those same and greater works, but then he gives us the instructions, hey, I'm willing to teach. He's inviting us to ask what we need and where we need to grow. See, Jesus is telling us that if we're willing to learn He's willing to teach. So as we ask that question, Dad, how do I live naturally, supernaturally? Well, what are the instructions? Let's start with step one, and that is to embrace belonging. Now, Brandon shared a great message about belonging that really helped us to understand uh, how we embrace belonging. He explained that uh, belonging is restored, unconditional relationship and union with the Heavenly Father. See, we actually get to be adopted into God's family. And, and what he shared was that belonging happens because God is reliable. He's a good father who provides for us. He protects us, and he welcomes us into his family. So when we embrace belonging, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And we do that instead of trying to work our way into the family. And I told you I shared some, some good stories today. I'm going to share a story about belonging from somebody in our church family. And now this is the story uh, of Patrice. And Patrice is a single mom who's had to walk through a lot of tough choices in her life. There's been a lot of opportunity for fear and anxiety and worry uh, to make her feel isolated and alone. But she's on a journey of understanding what it means to embrace belonging in her life. This is what she writes. See, truly understanding what it means to belong has been an ongoing journey for me. However, the peace of mind that comes with simply knowing that I belong to him is a priceless feeling. And as a single parent, there can be so many fears and concerns. Will I be able to provide? Will I be able to raise my son right? Am I a good parent? What if he becomes another statistic? See, belonging means I can be vulnerable with the Father and I can bring those cares and concerns to him free from guilt and shame. See, an encounter with belonging, it looks like trust. She says, I was recently faced with what felt like an impossible situation. It threatened myself and my son, and I began to feel desperation and fear creeping in. I had no idea how he was going to come against the despair to find the resources that would be needing, needed. I'm still learning that when chaos and disorder come into my life, instead of running away and hiding or trying to fix things on my own, I can simply grab my security blanket of belonging and I can rest in knowing that all my needs are met and I have nothing to fear. See, belonging's never out of reach. Our dad's always there to show us who he is. She says, as I took my impossible situation to God, he began to speak to me at church right here during worship. I strongly felt that I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is no longer my fight. He would take care of the rest from here. His challenge to me was, do you trust me? In my vulnerability, I was still able to say yes, and within 24 hours, God's generosity began to pour in as he miraculously provided the finances I needed. 
I was undone by God's love and faithfulness. Brandon, in his message a few weeks ago, mentioned that belonging gives us full access to all of heaven's resources. See, what does that mean exactly? In my life, it means all my needs are already met because I belong to him. So many times I've come to see when I simply rest in knowing that because I belong to the Father, there's no need to fear or worry. See, when Patrice asks the question, Dad, how do I embrace belonging? She's reminded of all of his promises, of who he is and how he'll take care of her. Thank you for sharing your story, Patrice. Yes, give her a hand. I love it. Now, what is the fruit of belonging in our life? Well, we see it here. Belonging is security. When we don't understand our, our belonging story, uh, fear gets, begins to creep in. But when we embrace belonging, trust in our heavenly Father begins to replace that fear. See, belonging has this fruit that we can always come home. When Patrice found herself placing, facing places of fear, she was able to come back to the security of understanding who her father was, that he always had a place for her. See, families are fractured. People are hurting and they're hungry for belonging. This is a gift we get to give away into the world around us. That's assurance. Assurance is a fruit that comes from belonging. The supernatural encounter in our life sometimes just looks like God reminding us of who he is and whose we are. So that's our first step. We embrace belonging. And we continue to answer that question, Dad, how do I live naturally, supernaturally? Well, step two of our instructions is we embrace being. See, we embrace being when we understand our identity in Jesus, understanding we've been made righteous by his grace. It's not by anything that we've done, Amen. right? And then I'm not just making that up. This is what the scripture said. We're gonna go to Romans 3, verses 22 and 24. I'm gonna read those for you today. It says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So we've been made right by our faith in Jesus. We don't earn it, we receive it. His grace is completely sufficient. That's what establishes our righteous identity. See, embracing being is about this idea of moving from a sinner to a saint. So let's, let's look at another Dad Vice YouTube video, another great story. This is the story of, of Angela Copenbarker. Again, I keep saying your name wrong. Angela and Ken, I guess I'm not gonna mess up your name. They're here today, by the way. Good to see you guys. See, now Angela and her husband, Ken, uh, whose story I am going to share just a little bit later as well, they're also part of our church family. And see, Angela's on this journey of understanding how God moves when she embraces her identity. And knowing who she is has brought great fruit in her life, and this is what she writes. Daily, I wake up with a heart posture of expectancy before I roll out of bed. I ask God to show me what he's done and going to do today. Okay, we're like one sentence in, I gotta stop right there. This is a great example of, of Leah's encouragement to us and challenge to examine our inner monologue. Because what are we believing about yourself or your circumstances that's coming through in your thought life? See, when we know we belong and we know who Jesus has made us to be, it changes the way that we view ourselves and our circumstances and our destiny. 
See, Angela's heart posture renews her mind to who she is and what she is empowered to do. Her expectancy is preparing for encounter. That's important. So she continues to write, one prayer opportunity happened at our chiropractor. After seeing our chiropractor, Ken and I stopped to talk to the ladies in the office. We quickly realized one of the ladies had a brace on her hand. And we asked her what happened and if we could pray for her. Now, was there anything supernatural in that? No, they, they saw that there was a brace on the hand. So she stopped and made a natural inquisition about what happened. Now, the expectancy was there that, that God would want to come, but that was a natural observation of what was happening around her. She continues, the, she was surprised and said, of course we could pray. So we prayed and we could see the Holy Spirit was at work as tears started to fall. See, encounters have evidence. Angela continues, we may not always see what God is doing, but we know God is consistently good. We believe in his yes and amen, and we stand in his promise that through his stripes we are healed. So looking for daily encounters with the Holy Spirit gives us confidence to stand up and step out. See, Angela's understanding who God is, what he's done for her. She's been able to embrace this, this understanding of belonging, and as she understands and embraces being, it gives her the confidence to step forward. See, when she knows what Jesus has done, she understands who she's called to be. She's someone who's called to do the same and greater works, just like John 14 says. Now, God gives us some really wisdom-filled dad advice on what this fruit of being should look like, and we actually know it and call it the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read that, that verse today. I'm going to go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And we're going to hear what that fruit is. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, that is the fruit of understanding and embracing being. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of being. See, it speaks to that understanding that our identity is lived out in Christ. So when we embrace being, we are actually should look like this. That should be the fruit in our life when we embrace being. Now, Angela actually had a follow-up to her story that I want to, she sent me a few days later, and I thought this was great, so I want to add this in. She said, I had another chiropractor appointment today, and I followed up with Amber, who she had prayed for, regarding her wrist. She said she forgets and takes her brace off, and her wrist is perfectly fine. She actually went to the doctor for an x-ray, and they found nothing wrong. Amber is so thankful and amazed at how big God is. Give that a hand. Thank you, Angela, for sharing your story. See, that fruit of love and joy and kindness and faithfulness, they're all here. And because Angela understands who she is, she got to give that fruit away to Amber. See, what Angela experienced and encountered for herself, she extended to Amber. See, identity gives us this confidence. It says, I'm already approved. I am who God says that I am. I am not my past, and I am not how I failed. Some of us need to hear that today. Our past does not hold our hostage future when we know Jesus. See, his grace is our freedom. We're no longer defined by what we've done. We're defined by what he's done. See, I've missed it with God so many times. 
Whether that was, you know, I'm missing that fruit of being in my life and that was, you know, speaking an angry word to my kids or missing countless opportunities to pray for people because I wasn't obedient or letting my frustration override my faith in authority in my life. The list could go on. But see, when I'm reminded and embraced, embracing being, I'm not what I've done or how I've failed. And neither are you. See, understanding our identity is renewing our minds to Jesus' way of thinking about us and about others. And it sets a foundation for us to begin to live out and embrace the next step of doing. So that's our next step. Step three, we embrace doing. So our roadmap here, our instructions, they're beginning to be made clear, right? We understand our relationship. We understand our identity. And now we begin to understand our destiny. Belong, be, do. Now, as Julie shared with us last week, uh, this, the destiny of every believer is lived out as we partner with God to bring his presence and his problem-solving skills wherever we happen to be. So we follow the example of Jesus in only doing what we see the Father doing. That's partnership. Now, remember I said, I, I, as a kid, I would, I would follow my dad around. I would do whatever he was doing, whether that was fixing the mower or repairing a door. Like, this is what we're talking about. Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, and so should we. See, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring the supernatural presence of God into everything that we do as we partner with the Father. See, this doing has fruit as well. In John chapters 14 through 16, I promise I'm not going to read both chapters for you before you get worried. I will set this up for you. Uh, so we've already read a little bit from John 14, but in these chapters, this is uh, Jesus in what we call the upper room. This is where the Last Supper happened. He's gathered with his 12 disciples, and it's just them. Uh, and this is right before he's actually about to be crucified. So Jesus is sharing with them some principles and some understandings that he wants them to know before he's gone. And it's in the same context uh, of these verses, he begins to describe uh, this fruit of doing. See, he talks about in here that he is the vine, we're the branches. And if we're connected to him, we bear good fruit. So that's the fruit of doing. See, when we understand who we are, that we're to be like Jesus, the fruit of doing will have the same supernatural fruit as was in Jesus' life. Because right before that is where he says, John 14, 12, the same and greater works. That's where we get that. That's what we get to do. And today I want to tell you a story of doing. And this is Ken's story. This is Angela's husband, Ken. Now, this is kind of a crazy story. And again, I'm telling you these stories because the natural for some will look vastly different for each of us. They don't have to look the same. They're, they're part of who we are. But Ken's story is crazy, and I want, you to, I want you to hear it. This is what he says. The day after our sermon on Everyday Encounters, I prayed as I do most every morning. And when I head out, every morning when I head out on the road, that God would take me to that person he wanted to encounter. See Ken here? He's setting another expectation for encounter, just like Angela did. Expectancy is preparing for encounter. He says, I was approximately five miles into my trip out in the country at a stop sign was a man with a leg brace and a large duffel bag hitchhiking. So I picked him up. Again, I'm not endorsing picking up hitchhikers. Ken's a big dude. He can do this. <laughs> Trust him. You talk to him if you want to do that. I did not endorse it from the stage. Unless God tells you to. So I picked him up and began to talk to him and minister to him, and he told me his story. He was a Christian, and he said he'd been homeless and poor for quite some time, but God had always provided for him. He wanted to go to Arthur, to the church that had helped him once before, 
And I actually wasn't going that far, and I was tight on time, but I felt the Lord said, take him all the way. So obedience is important with encounter too. He said, I dropped him off at the church he requested and prayed for safety and provision for him. I gave him the cash I had in my pocket, and he thanked me, and off he went. See, the cash in his pocket wasn't a supernatural event, but it was supernatural obedience to what God told him to do. It was a natural act that was part of a supernatural encounter. He says, when I got down the road, I realized I hadn't prayed for healing for his leg. So I asked God, give me another chance, or for him to encounter someone else who could pray for healing on his leg. Now, see, Ken didn't beat himself up because he missed an opportunity. He understands that he belongs to a good father who wants the best for Ken and the best for the man who needs healing in his leg. So he didn't beat himself up just because he missed one. Now, 10 days later, I responded to a call to go help a customer in Clinton. So I headed out, and I stopped at D-Land to get gas, and wouldn't you know, I saw a hitchhiker in front of Casey's that was the same man I'd taken to Arthur. These are not really close to each other, just in case you don't understand where the, these aren't like the next town over or something. But I love this because, see, Ken allowed, this was 10 days later, but Ken allowed that fruit of being patience, right? He got patience and peace. He didn't beat himself up. And that, he actually let that fruit of being reveal another chance for him to exercise doing. So Ken says, I yelled at him to come over. I'd give him a ride. He came over and he got in and he thanked me. And he said, didn't you give me a ride a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I told him the story, how I knew this was a divine appointment. I explained how I'd asked the Lord to give me another chance to pray for healing for his leg. He was amazed, and the Holy Spirit came and touched him. There's some evidence. So he was going to Clinton, too, and as I took him there, he explained he was trying to find a place to get out of the cold and wind. So once again, obedience here, uh, the Lord prompted me to help him. I got him some food and an inexpensive hotel room. I prayed for complete healing in his leg, and he was very thankful for all of it. See, Ken learned to set an expectation for encounter in his life. Now, notice, he didn't change his, his day to go seeking the supernatural. He found the supernatural as he went about his day. See, learning how to embrace doing means that we're letting God have the opportunity to show us his opportunities to actually do the stuff that he's called us to. See, this is what happens when normal, everyday people decide to be naturally supernatural disciples. Isn't it amazing how these stories can boost our faith? How these dad vice YouTube videos, I know it's not YouTube, dad vice, you know, I don't know, God tube videos, something, they're stories. They boost our faith. When we hear them, something happens inside of us that says, hey, I could do that. Stories are powerful in our life but they're powerful for others too, and we want to hear your stories. And I'm not just talking about stories uh, today and tomorrow. Like, I want to hear your stories all year. God's called us to be a people of encounter. Let's share our stories, and you can do that really easily. You can just send that to the email, stories at thevineyardchurch.us. See, we want to capture and share your stories because your story and your testimony may unlock something for somebody else. And you know what? I don't just need the stories that, that were successful. Sometimes our stories of obedience mean like it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen or the way we wanted to happen, but we can still learn because obedience is the answer, not results. God isn't calling you to, to results. He's calling you to obedience. Let's move forward with that. Because when the presence of God becomes a reality in your life, right now, we encounter the miraculous and so do others. 
Now, I know some of you may hate that phrase, the new normal, but that's exactly what has to happen to us. See, when we come into relationship with Jesus and we have an experience with the presence of the living God who has literally moved heaven and earth to be in relationship with you, your life will not be the same. Your normal has changed. See, the world around you should never be the same because a different you with a brand new identity is living in it. The world needs to have an encounter with the supernatural that's happening in your life. See, God's asking you to partner with him to bring his kingdom into this world. And it's never more clear that our world is desperate for an encounter with him. So when we begin to ask that question, Dad, how do I live a naturally supernatural life? We're telling him that we're willing to partner with him to solve the problems of the world, to make our families better, our communities better, and make ourselves better. Naturally supernatural means that we're empowering the Holy Spirit to engage in every part of our life. We're making opportunity to see God move in our everyday. Now, this is important, too. See, we don't live natu a naturally supernatural life just so we can tell good stories about our life. We live naturally supernatural so our life tells the story of the gospel. Are you willing to learn? Because God's willing to teach. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are here, that you are calling each and every one of us to be a people of encounter. It's who you were, God. It's who we get to be, not who we have to be. So God, I pray for a revelation in each one of us of how you're moving in our everyday as naturally supernatural disciples. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, I'm excited. We get to move right now. Yes, we get to move into a time of worship. Let's stand in expectation as I turn it over to the worship team and have another encounter with our Father. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.